Hey, I'm Chip Foose, and you're listening to HRBB Podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rod by Boy Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We are here at headquarters in Orange, California. I'm here with Chris Kyneton. How are we doing, my friend? Good, real good. All right. This is a very special episode. We are made it to episode 70, so nice. that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and to celebrate, we're bringing on Chip so welcome to the show, yeah. buddy. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And, yes. you know, it's amazing. Uh, what's it been since 98? 97 when you were in the hot rod shop still, when you Na- left. Yeah. Probably um, January of 98. You know what? I, I was actually one of the first people to get let go. So it was uh, it was like summer of 97. I thought it was a little later than that because I thought it was around November. But summer of... Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, was, you know what? Because okay. January was the okay. bankruptcy. Yes. So, w- when was the uh, when's the Moon Eye show? November. I don't remember. The you know the Moon Eye show in Yokohama every year. I think yeah. it's in November. I, I don't. I, so I've my, never been there. My, oh really? Yeah. Not, either have I. My dad was. I think my dad was there. Okay. He was at. He was. He was out of town, and then I. Yeah. I got let go. So. Yeah. But 90- you and I have never sat down, since all this happened. Yeah. I mean, we, I we've never in, we've never talked about it. Yeah, I know. Conversation twenty five years and, and in the making. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's like I run into you at the shows. You know, you're over here at Mike Curtis's all the time, going over stuff, mm-hmm. and I see you. And uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is cool. This is oh. big for me and yeah. big Pleasure for all our here. fans for sure. Yeah. You know, well, you know, your dad was like a second father to me. Yeah, yeah, you know no, that? and and um, man, I want to get into all that because yeah. look, because you started you started working for my dad in what about ninety one. It was actually in 1990. 90, okay. Uh, my senior project at Art Center, I designed a car that became the Plymouth Prowler. Okay. And when your dad saw my model, he asked me to start working for him. Oh, right on. So it was, in, uh, it was at the SEMA show in 1990. He saw okay. my model, and I started doing some work for him, and then came to work full-time in 93. But I worked for your dad. I lived in Santa Barbara. Yeah, because okay, so you're where are you originally from? You re- Santa Barbara, you're born from and Santa raised. Santa Barbara, area. Yeah. okay. Um, After I graduated, I went back to Santa Barbara, and I started working an average of thirty to fifty hours a week. For two and a half years, I worked for your dad, just as a side job. Yeah, <laughs> but the amazing thing is, I never gave him a bill. Really, I worked all those hours. Oh wow! But if I needed wheels, he sent me wheels. <laughs> I, I would get them the next day. Yeah, or I could do a sketch and say, I need a set of these. Give him the sizes. And he'd make them. So all the cars that my dad and I were building, we were running Boyd wheels on them. But uh, I never gave him a bill for what I was doing. Oh, and that's awesome. Well, because, I mean, I, the, the, my first memory of you was at the shop over on Monroe. Yeah. And there's the one T-shirt. Uh, it had like – God, I'm trying to think. It was a T-shirt design that you did. I did a whole bunch of them. I know you did. But it was, <laughs> uh, it was like the, a band. It was like a band with a bunch of different – when I say band, not a music band. But you mean like the Hawaiian-looking shirt? Yeah, and it had... Well, that was for the, the Boyd's Hot Rod Extravaganza. Okay. So that was that was a later shirt. Okay, that, that was a later one. Was then, I, then I might be getting the shirt wrong. I have but that I re- original artwork in my drawers right now. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but I remember you, you came over to the shop, and then um, and then I remember when you started, when you started uh, being there full-time, that's when it was the shop over by uh, the Indian guy. Yeah, the, yeah, the I was Indian in that motorcycle. back corner. Yeah, they kind yeah, of they uh, cut a hole in the wall, like and that they was had Greer. Greer, was his Jerry, name? Jerry, Jerry Greer, Jerry Greer with the Indian motorcycle. You know, I, I have a thirty-one Indian four now. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so cool. I think of Jerry all the time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. I, that, I definitely underappreciated, you know, uh, having that 
next door, right? Because I wasn't cool, really into that if stuff. If I needed but, a break, I'd just walk over there and yeah, look at those Indians. Yeah, yeah such that, cool bikes. There. That was cool. That and that was you were in your own little. Um, and I think because my dad was having Tom Taylor do stuff, right? But Tom Taylor was doing stuff for a lot of different people. Well, you know, it was interesting because the last car that Tom did with your dad was Shazoom. And your dad had me do a bunch of, you know, wheel drawings. Yeah. And as a kid, you know, I was so excited when he put my wheel design, which was the... The, uh, the Ninja. The Ninja. So you did the Ninja. I did the Ninja oh, wow. and yeah. he put it on Shazoom. And I, I thought this is so cool. I never realized how much that upset Tom Taylor. Oh, did you get okay? And, so we've had a few designers on the show, and the, uh, almost all of them have a Tom Taylor story. Well, you know, Tom was my idol. Yeah, I mean, and, as as a lot of the people that we've interviewed, you know, Gary Metters, who owned Good Guys. My dad and I built Gary's. Well, Magoo built uh, Gary's thirty-two two-door sedan. Okay, but my dad and I painted it and finished it. And Gary introduced me to Tom Taylor, oh, okay. and I wanted to work for him. So I offered, you know, if if he would give me one month, I would work for him for free yeah. and see if we could work together. And he just says, I don't work with anybody. <laughs> and then later I did the work with your dad, and, you know, unfortunately it upset Tom. And so, yeah, you know, there was, yeah, there was a little, little bit just, I, I, you know, I wanted to work with Tom just because... I respect him so much. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people did because, I mean, he was kind of the guy. He was the guy, oh, right? He, Art yeah. Center guy uh, in, in all the magazines back then. And, I mean, you know, um, yeah, it's just kind of – but he is uh, – it's just weird. Yeah, he uh, he still holds – he holds grudges on all this stuff. And, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's I, kinda, I seem to get along with him now when we that's talk. That's good. But, that's good. But, yeah. uh, you know, I never got the chance to work with him like I wanted to. Yeah, that's too bad. Cause I, I remember he made a comment to somebody about, oh yeah, well I didn't even I didn't find out I didn't find out I had to find out from somebody else that Boyd fired me and hired Chip or something. And I'm like, well, I never felt it was that way. It was, yeah, I didn't. Know. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I was young at the time. So when you in 1990, I would have been 16. Yeah. So you're and how old are you now? I'm. I'll be 60 this year. Oh, really? Okay. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's a 10 year difference. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, I was, I was 28 when I came full time to your dad's in '93. Right we moved January 1st. Oh, really? New Year's Day. Purple Pete came up with the truck. We loaded all my stuff in oh, there. Oh, really? And then we drove down. Oh, that's New cool. Year's Day, 1993. 1993. Started on January so, 4th. So. I mean, you guys were, I mean, growing up, you were always in the cars then. Is yeah, well, I grew up in Gene Winfield's shop. Oh, right on, so right on. Yeah. My dad was Gene's shop manager. He okay. ran the shop, and on the weekends and, and nights, I was at the shop. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, yeah, so I grew up that's watching them build all the, the plastic model kit cars. They built the full size oh, at yeah, AMT, yeah, yeah. which was Winfield's shop. And then they would blow them apart and build them into plastic model kits. So yeah. as a kid, I watched that's, my dad and Gene build these cars that were then available as plastic model kits. That's rad. And then Mattel was also building Hot Wheels of the same cars they were building. So I always had Hot Wheels in my pocket, <laughs> and I was building the plastic models of the cars that I watched my dad and Gene build. That's rad, yeah. And so so I mean, the first thing I said to your dad when I came in is I said, I want to get Mattel to make Hot Wheels of our cars, Yeah. and let's start getting models built. And that's what. Yeah. I, I, and I, I have I have the Boyd's Hall. See up there on the yep. on the safe. I got the Boyd's <laughs> Hauler. Yes, you do. I got a few. I got a few of those. I just don't want to. I don't know. They're all the the kits we have. I don't have anything that's built. 
I don't know. I like the way it's set like that. Just still in the box. Just yeah, still in the box. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Now that's cool. I mean, that was that was kind of a, a you know a lot of people over the years just tell me like man like they talk about the the you know the '80s was a big time for my dad right because that's mm-hmm. when it kind of made a name for himself. But then by the time it got into the '90s. Right, you. Well, you, you had, had Harry Bradley and Tom Taylor's designs, and then you had yeah. Steve Stanford, and you had Larry Erickson, yeah, and they're all my heroes. Yeah, and so for me to come in and and start working with your dad, and the guys in the shop, it was a dream come true for me. And yeah, and I was just like a little kid in a candy store. <laughs> well, and and you were you were like the first like full time designer. Yeah, right. I mean, like on the payroll, you you're designing it, at Hot Rods by Boyd. It was interesting because I don't think your dad knew that I also could build. Because well, when, when I interviewed with him about, you know, talked to him about coming down, I had an offer from Ford Motor Company and an offer from Volkswagen. Oh, wow. And I was deciding which place to go to, but I had been doing all the design work for your dad for two and a half years. And I told him, I said, I'm either going to Ford or Volkswagen, so we need to find another designer that can take my place and, and continue with the projects that you've got that I had started. And, and uh, he so say? he says, can you come down and see me? And like I say, I was living in Santa Barbara, but <laughs> yeah, it's not traffic exactly. was nothing like it is today. Oh yeah. But it's still, it's still a two and a half hour drive. I'm sure it was right? an hour and 45 minutes. Oh really? Me. Oh, so nice. I, I, I came down that night Yeah. and he was busy and he says, can we get together tomorrow night? Sure. So I went back, worked the next day and <laughs> oh, came down man. again. And then he says, tell me what's going on. So I laid out both, both offers and he says, come to work for me. And he bettered both offers. Oh, wow. And I thought, wow. You know, I worked cool. for your dad for two and a half years, but never gave him a bill. Yeah. And I had a ton of people say, oh, you need to be really careful. But I thought, you know, I've had a great relationship with your dad. Yeah. And I love what I'm doing with him. And I thought, I'm going to give it a chance. And that was the best thing I ever did. That's right. Yeah. Because, you know, I think... There's like some security and, and, and uh, you know, uh, prestige too being at an, at an OE, right? Right. You know, like. Yeah, That's we're, we're where everybody was telling me, you need to go to Ford or Volkswagen and you got a retirement and all this well, stuff. And, and I, I think, thought, no, no, it's, you know, here's, here's the difference. I've been lucky enough to work for the OEMs yeah. and the hot rods, you know, this hot rod world. But when you build a hot rod for somebody, you're, you're building their lifelong dream and making it come yeah. true. Yeah. I still go to shows. I can go to a good guy's show today, and I'm seeing cars that I built with your dad. I'm yeah. seeing cars that I built with my dad. Oh, you know, it's awesome! Thirty, right? forty years ago. No, it's it's that's a lifestyle. Yeah. And these cars become a member of their family, and you go to the show and they still have them. And it's like time goes away, and we just step back into the into the past, and we're talking about when we built that car, yeah. and then we can all go and have dinner or whatever. But in the OE world, you know. I get to design and build some really cool stuff for the OEMs. But when it's done, my name's not on it. Yeah. I just got to help on it. And then that car's done. It tours for a year, and then it gets put in a warehouse somewhere, and it's gone. That's a career, not a lifestyle. Yeah. I prefer the lifestyle because this is everybody's passion. Yeah, that's rad. And also, too, like the OE stuff, like you might be just, uh, you know, designated on one part of the car right or or maybe what you do just not start over and i've, I've and been lucky enough to be involved with the entire project yeah well, that's cool OE stuff because but. i mean art center does art center i mean i don't know what it's like down but back in the day it seemed like they kind of just were steering people right towards oem uh oh yeah definitely like well, you had I, to do it a certain way when i started at art center 
and I still love drawing hot rods and muscle cars and, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it was frowned upon at Art Center. I was told not to do it. But when Chrysler came in, my senior project, when they asked us to create a niche market vehicle, and the example they gave us was somebody that likes to uh, maybe work out on an exercise bike every morning. Yeah. Could okay. be working out on an exercise <laughs> bike, charge a battery, put it in your car, and get to and from work that day. Yeah. I thought, okay, well, the, you know, I know I'm never going to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I got to draw it because Chrysler's asking for it. Yeah. So I did about five proposals based on the information they gave us. But then I did a separate presentation that I didn't tell any of my teachers about, any of the other students. I did it all in my apartment. And then the day that uh, it was Tom Gale, who was the president of Design for Chrysler. Yeah, Chrysler, yeah. That's who we were presenting to. Oh, okay. I put both of my presentations. So I did all these, you know, kind of exercise bike vehicles that, you know, what they were asking for that yeah. was the same as, you know, everything else in that room. And then I did a separate presentation that was muscle cars and hot rods. And then I did one sketch of a 70 Cuda side view yeah. with a 33 Plymouth plan view. Okay. And I did the car that I call it's my hemisphere. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I did that sketch and Tom Gale looked at the first, he says, okay, I know what you're doing here, but what are you doing over here? Yeah. I said, well, you asked us to create a niche market vehicle. And so that's what this presentation is. Just like everybody else is here, we are creating a niche market vehicle and we're trying to create a customer. I said, what I'm doing over here is I'm catering to customers that exist. There are thousands of people out there with their muscle cars and hot rods oh, yeah. trying to put modern technology into them so they can enjoy them on a daily basis. And I had new Cudas and challengers and you know you know, bringing them forward yeah and then i had the one that looked like a modern you know hot rod yeah. and at the same time your dad had just finished the uh aluma coupe oh okay so it was yeah. kind of it was kind of in that and know, that was kind of like with larry erickson coming over yeah that kind of was a crossover right yeah and larry erickson uh lived in santa barbara Oh, okay. So, and and he was a teacher of mine at Art Center. Oh, right so on. So we got yeah. along great. Yeah. And, and we all we knew the same people. Yeah, that's cool. And Larry's one of the guys that told me to stop drawing hot rods. <laughs> oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, because it was frowned upon at Art Center. Really? Yeah. But I did I that presentation, and Tom Gale looked at the one sketch that looked like the Prowler. Yeah. And he said, "Do this," and I built the model for it. Oh wow! So yeah, I remember you had a model when you for when I, I don't remember it over the purple at, one. What's that? The purple yeah, one. Yeah, the purple one. Yeah. Yeah. I still have it. Which one? So what? That was that the was model the hemisphere, I did. right? Or is it yes, kind of like the hemisphere? Or well, is that's it? the model that I did for Chrysler. And oh, it had fenders okay. on it when yeah, I first yeah, finished yeah, it. Yeah, 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 The fenders got crushed when I shipped it back to, uh, it went back to uh, Chrysler for a while. Was that all done in clay? Was that? It was, a, it was a clay model, but I made a fiberglass. Oh, okay. So it was the yeah, first that one. model yeah. at Art Center that was ever finished. We only had seven weeks to build a model. Yeah. We had all our other classes, but then we had seven weeks to build a model. So that's why everybody painted the clay. Oh, okay. But I did my clay. I pulled a mold. I made a glass body. Oh, wow. Painted it and made all the parts out of built aluminum. Oh, that's finished rad. that model in seven weeks. Wow. Because I knew I wanted to keep it. Yeah, so yeah. So I, I still have it to this day. That's rad. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that because I remember that when um, you had it upstairs. Yes. When, when, at, when, they, when the shop moved over to Ashdale yep. on the circle there. So that model you know, was, I'd like to say that it was the inspiration for the Prowler. 
Yeah. To say that I designed the Prowler would be a slap in the face to all the engineers and designers yeah. that actually built the production car, but it definitely was the inspiration. Yeah, okay. And, you know, I, when I originally did all the drawings at Art Center, I did it both as a coupe and the convertible. They built the convertible, so I built five of the hemispheres with metal crafters. Yeah, yeah. As the hemisphere, you know, that, w- that was the model that I originally wanted to build. And when did you, when did you build the first hemisphere? Uh, we finished, well, I did the original chassis at your dad's shop. Oh, okay. So that was... So that would have been, so 97, 98? Yes. Or, or before that? Finished the chassis, but then when metal crafters wanted to build them, uh, we actually built new chassis. I okay. still have the chassis that we built at your dad's. Oh, really? It's cut up in pieces up in my attic. Wow. And um, so that's towards the end. The first project that, so the, the first, you know, we, we're pulling out all these Boyd reports, right? <laughs> I love seeing those. Yeah, it's funny. So we got the, and we're going to, we're going to post this too, but this is the Boyd report from, and it, they did it uh, six times a year, right? So it was bi-monthly. This was March, April, 93. Welcome Chip Foose designer. And this is your uh, original sketch of the Roadstar. The Roadstar, yeah. With the North Buzz Star motor. Yeah. For Buzz DeVosta, which... We still have the buck too. It was at your mom's house. Yeah, we have yeah. it at my mom's house. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was basically the first. The, I mean, the first, the first full build, right? Start yes. to finish. The very first drawing that I did for your father was the forty-eight Cadillac convertible. What's which is kind of oh, okay. funny is that was the very first sketch he, the very first drawing he ever asked me to do. Really. Was the forty-eight Cadillac convertible? And when would when the time frame would that have been? That was the last car that ever came out of the shop. Dude, that's so crazy. First drawing I ever did. Really? The last car that was ever finished. And and what was the? That when, was the Eldorado. And what was the? Okay, so what was the? So you originally drew it, but did, was it pitched to anybody then? Was it being built for no, anybody? No, it was just it was your dad's car, and he asked me to do a drawing of it. Okay. So I did a, a loose sketch of it. Yeah. And I drew it in blue. And then your dad okay. told me, he says, I hate blue. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ended up going blue. It yeah. went maroon. It went maroon. And then when I redid it, I did it, did it blue. Did it, did I don't it know blue. if you ever saw when you opened the hood. No. You, it, I still put the Hot Rods by Boyd on the fire. Oh, right on, right on. It's still there. So, yeah, that, so you have the original sketch of it when it was blue? I have the original and the new one. Oh, that's so rad. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, no, so this is cool. It was funny because I was flipping through this and I go, oh, this is perfect. We got this here. And then I posted, so I posted some pictures today um, of, of you're in the pictures and was over at Marcel's. And I want to say it was the the inboard suspension, 33, 34. Uh, oh, okay. That simply was red. Simply Red. Simply yeah. Red. The one we did originally for Ron Kraft. Yes. And then he traded that back to your dad for Eldorod. <laughs> Funny. That, and so, and so then. The car comes around again. Yes. Yeah. So, so with Marcel's, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Luke today and you posted, I didn't know where the pictures came yeah. from. He sent them to me and he says, I'm the same age. My dad was in these photos. No way. Yeah. And Marcel just looks older in those pictures. <laughs> right. But, um, but Luke is the age that his dad was there. No. And you, okay. So yeah, there's Marcel. right. So there. the That's guys awesome. that own shadow rods mm-hmm. has owned that car, owned that car for a while. Right. And then a wheel customer of mine, because uh, and they had they were asking me if I wanted to buy it. They go, we can bring it out to Grand National if you want it. But I just like I know I don't want to buy it. You know. Yeah. Um, What's he want for it? Well, he wanted. You know what? They wanted like 120 for it or something, yeah. right? But then couldn't build it for that. No, not at all. Then what happened was a wheel customer of mine says, "Hey, uh, 
he was looking at buying it, right? And and so and I just I've coincidentally I talked to him today. Isn't that John Hall? No, this guy's name's Bill. He's out of uh, like uh, oh, he's, Shadow Rods. Okay. No, Shadow Rods. Yeah, Sh- Shadow Rods sold it to this guy in the last okay. year. Oh, okay. And um, he's like, he he really wanted to buy it. He wanted to buy it, and he he worked. I don't know how much he ended up paying for it, mm-hmm. but he worked a deal. And I was like, he goes, you know, I want to just kind of freshen it up. And I said, well, let's do wheels. You know, something that's not going to change. You know, change the whole car because mm-hmm. this conversation comes up all the time. Is people buy. Uh, you know, um, like that guy Tom Schopner bought uh, the 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 cabriolet that was built back in '91. Okay. That, that that guy I forget his name. His name was Ari. He was out in the valley, out in Pasadena, or maybe at Pasadena. He had it and pristine, right? He mm-hmm. put like 1,500 miles on it, and he was trying to sell it for a few years. Well, Tom bought this thing, and then they go and they change. He he wants to make it more of this like touring car. He puts rubber mats on the running boards. He's like, hey. Uh, well, me and my wife want to go traveling, and we're older, and we want to do this. And he just, like, why are you doing all that stuff to it, you know? Yeah. It's just, you know, we talked about Shazoom getting <clears throat> getting all totally changed. So yeah. I don't know. I mean. But that was what Tom wanted. Yeah. So, so um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn on some of that stuff. Like some of that stuff where it's like, you, you're not, I guess on Shazoom, you're not really changing the total spirit of the car. Right. You know? Um but I don't know. It's kind of like when I bought that chop truck and I had ideas. I'm like, I'm going to lower it even more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put, you know, freshen it up with, a, you know, more new wheels. It's, it's a truck, right? But then you get it and you go, oh, no, no, no. The whole front end's built around the, at this height and all this stuff. And you just go, I'm not going to mess with it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's cool, though, to see all this stuff. And mm-hmm. some people go, hey, where's this one car? I go, I don't know. You know, I yeah. try to keep tabs on everything. I have but, parts and some original suspension pieces. Yeah. And I want to build a three-window and you know yeah. the whole thing as paying respect to your dad that'd be rad yeah so someday i'll get to it well and you know what we've uh, greg and i picked up parts over the years and i got a, i have a boyster 2 chassis cool. just the frame rails and stuff and yeah. i've collected some parts you know because that was kind of the sad thing like when my dad passed away and the shop shut down it's like hey there's a bunch of just selling a bunch of your dad's suspension parts at the pomona swap meet you know and you go huh you know well go down there and just buy them well, Barry White started knocking off all your dad's stuff. Yeah, for a while. Um, I don't know what. I don't know, know of everything. Any? Yeah, I don't know what turned out. Of, but turned there was a bunch of stuff that was purchased by Chuck Lombardo, so he had it. Yeah. And then Larry Surjeff got it when he was working with him, and uh, then I ended up. I needed some parts for uh, a car. That I had a little John Hot Rod in the shop. Yeah. That he had built the thirty-two, and we needed to update some of the parts. So I called Larry, and he says. I got some stuff. And I said, well, I need, I need this and I need this and this. And he says, five grand. And he came over with just boxes of stuff. Really? So I have everything. I can build a complete chassis. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, it's, it's just, it's cool to, you know, because it's been, it's been 15 years since my dad's been gone, you know? That's so and it's crazy. like, I've been. Um, you know, I really wanted to go visit with him yeah. when he was in the hospital. And boy, Junior kept telling me, no, today's not a good I I was calling him every day. Yeah. Can I come see him? No, today's not a good day. Yeah. And I was devastated when he Yeah, it, it was a rough, that was a rough deal because it was just like, <clears throat> there were several times where it was just like, hey, he's coming home today. I mean, I was physically there because I lived up in Whittier. We were yeah. only a few miles from the hospital. And I remember going in there and he's sitting up and he's like, yep, I'm just waiting for them just to release me and I'm going to be home. I'm just like, cool. We hung out. And then it's getting a call in the middle of the night. Nah, hey. 
took a turn for the worse and he's you know having to get emergency surgery and yeah that was kind of a rough deal and it was kind of a bit of a circus too like with uh you know they had to and i get it and joe had to put the restrictions down uh restrictions down on on like who could come in because i remember i'm in there and this is this is it's sad and funny at the same time so my dad towards the end uh was in icu and uh i go up to see him and i'm in there and i see this guy isn't that the guy that owns the coffee shop? Right? And I'm a how the And I'm trying not Raphael? to No, 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 no. Raphael would have been more than welcome. Yeah. This From is from the White House. Yeah, that guy would have been <laughs> no, that guy would have been more than welcome. Um it was just a random dude that owned the coffee shop down there. And I was trying to be polite about it, right? But I'm like, dude, my dad's on on machines. Like, who the I go, hey man, uh yeah. I go, how'd you get in? He goes, Well, I told him I was Boyd's brother. Keep in mind, this this dude was black, right? And I'm just like, how did you? How Mom's side or dad's side? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh man, they were just kind of like letting anybody in, you know? Like, but it was that was a rough that was a rough time, yeah. you know? And and you know there were some people that were pretty upset that like Joe wouldn't let them in or whatever, but it was you know a lot of people wanted to see him, and he yeah. wasn't really in, he wasn't. He wasn't, and you know, I wish I could have let everybody in, but I wish we could have yeah. got him out of there too. So, well, but best time in my career was working with your dad. Well, that's awesome. And you know what? I no, mean, I, uh, I've, I've been lucky and blessed to have had some fantastic customers yeah. that have allowed us to build some wonderful yeah. things at, at Foos Design. But my favorite time in building was working with your dad. Because I could go home and just come up with an idea, do a sketch, yeah. come in and show it to him the next day, say, hey, what do you think about this? Go build it. <laughs> and he'd find an owner. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's awesome. That's that's awesome. And you know, he, I was married. He, my wife he, wouldn't let me do that. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one theme that we've got from uh, interviewing a bunch of people that worked at the shop. That was my dad was just like, you know, just would let people just have run at the shop and just, you want to come in and practice your welding or you know like like with keith we've had him in you know he would be on the weekends working on his personal projects mm -hmm. and just yes go ahead learn learn to do better you know you know the boyd air came from i just had an idea one day i thought i wonder what it'd be like if gm was messing around with the proportions of a 59 yeah two years earlier in 57 oh okay and that's i did that There's one a, side view sketch and showed it to your dad and i said and that the windshield was a 59 and I said, it'd be pretty cool if yeah. know, if the, it was the size of a 59. Because how much wider is... Eight inches. Eight is eight, eight inches, inches wider. And it's okay. a whole lot longer. Yeah. So I, I did that sketch. And then it was, I think, two days later, John Diana from, from uh, Peterson Publishing was in your dad's office. And your dad called me up over at the hot rod shop. And he says, hey, bring that 57 drawing over. <laughs> so I walk it over and... and uh, he shows it to John Diana and John says, can you have that done for power tour? Which was 17 weeks. Oh man. And 17 weeks we're going. And your dad looked at me, he says, can you have it done? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, funny. Oh my gosh. It was working around the clock to get that thing done. Yeah. And I think, um, that's when Roy was there. Right. Yeah. So I, I think they were doing, so, uh, they were. I remember Roy that because you, Steve Greninger and and myself, we did all the metal work. Yeah, because I remember you did that full size drawing right on yeah. the wall. Yep. Right, uh, the profile mm -hmm. the drawing. Yeah, and I remember that. And I remember that. I think it was Larry that time. Larry built the chassis. 
What's that? The, Larry built the chassis. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I remember they were doing some filming. I remember you, there, were, yeah. there was some filming going there, on. There was That was uh, and, Brad Fanshawe's buddy, uh, Craig. Craig Stesic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was videoing. Yeah. And then he, he, did, he videoed Power Tour. So, okay, I didn't get to – I went on Americruise. I didn't get to go on the Power Tour. Okay. But that's the famous – I know uh, Greg went on a few. Yeah, ones. so there's a, there's, a, there's a story where Craig, <laughs> Craig tells a story. Because this is back before everybody had cell phones and oh, stuff. We had a Greg, Greg left uh, – Greg accidentally left Craig at one of the stops. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg went off down the road, and Craig had to figure out how – because, you know, I mean, back then, yeah, you couldn't call. Hey, turn around, no. dude. No. Yeah. It, he had to find a ride to the next one. <laughs> But um, no, I remember Roy doing so, and and Roy was just and Greg Baskerville was with us all those times. Oh yeah, well I still have uh, one of the funnest trips was there, and when we did because Americruise happened what two years in a row, two years in a row, it's still happening. Is it still happening? Yeah. Okay. Well, we went. It was when we. But finished. yeah, we were we were on every one. Well, I did I did all the logos. Oh right. For on. Power Tour and Americruise. Well, we had and, the Boyd's Barbecue thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have that original inking. Oh dude, that's yeah. funny. Well. The last year, if you remember, uh, the, the last year I remember going is they just finished the, the 44, uh, Michael Anthony. Okay. Yep. And remember, it was Michael Anthony's wife and his mm-hmm. buddy, Jim, and his, that guy's yeah, wife. Sue. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then yep. uh, you you were there, and it was, uh, I think Dick and Melba were in Boyd Air. Okay. And I remember they there were some, like, prototype tires on. Not maybe not prototype, but newer tires you couldn't get anywhere. They had a flat going into Vegas. So they had to stay in Vegas. But then I remember um, just a while. No, we had those those flush valve stems. Okay. And they couldn't get air in the tires. Okay, yeah, because they had to catch up to us. And it was my brother, and I remember my nieces were young. They were with us. And I remember just just wild stuff. Just Mm -hmm. and then your your dad was there. Yeah. Um, My dad and I drove his forty one. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I remember one time we were at uh, we were at some motel. And mm-hmm. we bought a bunch of fireworks and we were lighting them off. And I think it was you, you and uh, whoever. Maybe I never Mike did anything crazy. No, no, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, someone, someone uh, was there and threw a brick of firecrackers into our room. <laughs> and then there was a fire marshal uh, that was state coincidentally Bill? State, fire marshal Bill. Fire, yeah, I don't know. If it was fire marshal Bill, but I remember <laughs> someone lighting a rocket on the top of the guy's car, <laughs> leaving, <laughs> leaving a burn mark. On the top of this, oh, dude, that was wild, man. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. That, that was that was good times. Greg and I did, well, no, Greg Greg drove back on one of the power tours, and we were in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, at the power tour, and when it was done, I had the uh, Beast of Burden, which was the the, uh, which the silver uh, Studebaker. Okay, with the all aluminum oh, uh, yeah, Donovan yeah. motor in it. Yeah, yeah. And I drove back there with Gray Baskerville, but Gray flew home, and then Greg put his wagon in the truck, and then it was just Greg and I going back. We left Sunday night, wow. and I wanted to try and make it home nonstop. And you were in where? In we were in. We were in the. We had the brand new Dodge truck with the with the car hauler. Oh wow! And I had the Studebaker in the back, and we left Springfield, Missouri. And your dad told me. Be sure you stop in Vegas at his mom's house. Oh, and get cookies. Because he wanted <laughs> he wanted her, Greg to see your mom, and I yeah, loved your your grandma yeah. too. So, but we made it from there to your grandma's house in 19 hours. Damn. 
<laughs> wow. That's crazy. That truck hauled was the Gre- Studebaker. Yeah, Greg would have been, I mean, was that his red wagon? Was that the red? No, uh, he had that. that, uh, that the Savoy? The Savoy yeah. wagon, yeah. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad. We were on the Maracruise, and me and Greg were in that thing, and we had my nieces in the back. And you know, going through, going across Kansas, or whatever these towns, it's just you're hauling ass. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad. We were going 100 plus. My dad finally catching up to us, and he's in the back. There's Dick and Melba driving, and he's in the back of Boyd there, and he's all slow down. He's like yelling, <laughs> slow down, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Okay. But you know, it's fine. My wife Lynn and I, we were driving the Boyd Air on power tour okay and gray baskerville sat in the back seat yeah gray always wore those flip-flops and so he kept putting his feet in lynn's hair and she was yelling at him the whole time (laughs) and he would just and if you know gray he had that laugh (laughs) 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 he'd just stick his feet up against her head and in her hair and oh she was getting so mad oh that's funny yeah uh, i've told this story many times on the podcast but the greatest trip uh, i road trip i did was with my dad uh is me and my dad in shizum I was in high school, and he's like, what are you doing? He's going on summer break. He goes, you're out of school next week, right? He goes, you want to go on a road trip? Like, yeah. And so it was me and my dad in Shazoom, and it was Gray and Bob Bowder with a, a okay. dually <laughs> hauling a trailer back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was wild. Yep. Yeah. That was, Fun times. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, man. So so once once the whole Boyd thing crashed, um, then you went on on your own, right? Then it was just... Yeah, it was I mean, kind of like it wasn't something I ever intended to do. No, but, and, and that's something you know, I, I wanted to touch on. So it's like I got my opinions of the whole. I mean, you know, there were certain people that were pushing for the 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 public company thing, and it was kind of yeah. weird, right? It was kind of like the Boyd's Wheels and and Hot Rods by Boyd were kind of the tip of the spear, right, for the industry, right? It was, uh, it, was it was there was nothing your, like your it. dad was brilliant in the way that he ran the hot rod shop. Yeah. He had the wheel shop, which could fund it. Yep. And we were building cars that, you know, for 300000 we were building a $600,000 car. Yeah. We weren't necessarily making money, but the greatest thing that was happening was the fact that all the high-end cars, so if a guy had a drawing of a car that he wanted built, you know, he would go to one shop and he'd, they'd give him a quote of, oh, well, you know, that car's going to be three hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. You know, he'd go to another shop, oh, that's, that's 400000 probably to build that car. And then you'd come to your dad and he'd say, yeah, we'll do it for 300 Well, it was going to cost us more than 300 but we got to build the best cars in the industry, and they all had Boyd wheels on it and Boyd steering wheels yeah, and, that and was, all the products that your dad was selling. And that's, that's the way he always described it was he, he knew that the – the hot rods weren't going to be like the money maker, right? No. They weren't going to be the, the marketing money. tool. They were the marketing tool for the wheels and the wheels, um, the wheels. Were the and, and you know, I, I mean, I, I was always on the wheel side. Cause but when I came of age of working age, I just was, my dad's all, Hey, we need people to run machines, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would be, I'd be over there and I was fortunate enough to, to work in almost every department over there. Um, you were doing the computer stuff for a long time. Yeah, then then I got into the graphic design, and that's when we did the me and uh, Steve West. We did the first website. Yeah, you know, it was <laughs> it's funny. I mean, you can find it on archive.org, right? And it's mm-hmm. just you compare it to so the, the, the way the internet is now. Yeah. It was just like it, we well, were, you were back in that little tiny hole of an oh, office. Oh yeah, man, that and was. I had, uh, I had the other office up front with the windows looking down into the shop. Yeah. Um, Upstairs. Upstairs. What was interesting is, you know... Well, I had you were that, in the, on the hot rod shop, 
No? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, the hot rod shop. But originally when we were on Monroe, I was in that little spot in the little room right next to Jerry with the Indian shop. Yeah, you're in the back. Yeah. Yep. And then when we moved, uh, I got that that office upstairs. Yes. In the hot rod shop. A- up above and you had the glass, you looked down. And, and then so Steve was in there originally. And we designed your dad's office in his shop across over, the way over yeah. in the in the foundry or the uh, machine shop next to the foundry. Yeah, and it ended up being the shipping area later on, right? Correct. Yep. But when your dad moved out of his office at Monroe, he gave me his desk. He okay. said, you use this desk. So we just moved that desk over there. But he didn't take anything out of the desk. So I went through the desk and I put everything that was of any value in a box. And I carried it over to your dad's office. And I said, here, this is all the stuff out of your desk that you might want. He says, throw it away. I said, well, there's some cool stuff in here. And he says, no, there's nothing in there I want. Just throw it away. So I have your dad's original Disney employee badge. No way. That's it's, rad. It's in the, uh, in the shop. I have a display cabinet and it's in there. Oh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. It's got the Mickey mouse on it. And yeah. Boy, yeah. That's rad. <laughs> it was in that yeah. box. I tried to give it to him. He's yeah, like, just you throw know, it away. Back then. I mean, it's funny because back then, you know, you're thinking that's oh, you need that yeah. dude. Yeah. I yeah. love that job. But it's one of my <laughs> prized I mean, possessions is that's awesome. That's his original. Well, don't, don't ever get Disney rid of it. Uh, yeah. Cause that's like, uh, you know, now we're all looking back. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, really, honestly, besides yourself and my dad, I mean, the bigger, the, it's just the name, right? And you look back and now everything's precious to me, right? It's like, you know, people exactly. like like that, uh, a hot, there's a Hot Rod Power Tour award. So one, uh, one yeah. of my friends, he, he got it on eBay. He's like, hey. I have the original drawing of that award. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because uh, there and are. And the wheel, I see the wheel in the back. Oh. Yeah, that one. Yeah, the the wheel in the back there. Yeah, yeah we designed all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot, lot of cool stuff. Lot of cool billet. Well, I mean, Dad wanted to start that whole. Once we got the laser machine, he oh, said, "Let's yeah. start building trophies." So we, I started designing trophies, and then he was trying to sell them. Yeah, they had the. And we then, had a trophy division. Yeah, they got a, they had a trophy division, and then they got we got the laser engraver. And I remember Steve West and I because you needed to use certain type of files and stuff, and then. Take, take artwork and convert yeah. it over. And Whatever happened to Denny? Remember Denny? Denny. He he was oh. Brad Fanshawe's buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Denny Griffiths. Griffiths. Yeah. He was the original graphic. He was the guy doing all doing the, all those, all the yeah, Boyd all reports. The report. He was working on a Mac. This is back when <laughs> you had to have a million bucks to have a big screen color monitor for yeah. your Mac. Right? Mm-hmm. And I remember him laying all this artwork out on a black and white screen Macintosh. Yeah. And... uh yeah, Denny. He was doing all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I'm. But I mean, Steve West and I did the. And then we did. Then uh, the last SEMA show, I I took a. Because what what happened was I I I dicked around at at community college, and I'm sitting here in a marketing class going, wait a second. You know, this is a ninety two, ninety three, and I'm looking at this lady who's never started a business in her life, and the book's ten years old, and I'm like, wait a second, my dad's doing some cutting edge shit and it's all new and it's like why am i here right and then i kind of got, got involved with like the graphic design not much i'm not much of a graphic designer but i i, I figured out the tools like the computer mm-hmm. end of it and it was like we need a website yeah 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 figure that out so we figured <laughs> that out but i i worked with i met a guy in, in some of these classes i was taking uh because i went to silicon studios and uh and you actually took me over one time we went to uh 
your buddy uh, was running. Uh, he was like the art director for James Cameron over when they were oh uh, at Digital Domain. Darren Guilford. Yeah, yeah. You t- he's dude, that was huge rad. with Disney now. Is he really? He just did a Haunted Mansion movie. Oh and, wow! You know, he did Titanic. He did Apollo thirteen. So, so I remember you took me over there, and it was like the coolest shit in the world because oh, right. I I was getting into the three D modeling, yeah, and I was getting into the animation and stuff. And we went over there. They were working on the Fifth Element. They yeah. were working on Titanic. And I remember they were like, "Yeah, you can't take any pictures in here." I'm like, "That's fine with me, <laughs> right?" And it was yeah. just like this. It was a trip. You know, he did uh, Star Wars Seven. Okay, Darren did. Yeah. And, you know, I took my son and we watched the movie. And at the end of the movie, when the, the names start coming up yeah. on the screen, he was the third name up on the screen, wow. Darren Guilford. Yeah. And from then on, you know, I was not cool to my son. It was Darren is Darren's the cool guy. Darren's cool. <laughs> God, yeah, that was cool. I remember that. Um, but one of the guys I met in the course of that, we did the video. We did the final video, the last video at the last SEMA that, uh, that we were at, um, which was cool. And I... Don't have a copy of that. It's the one thing I wish I could get uh, get my hands on is a copy of that video. But I mean, we're talking twenty five years ago. Yeah, it's right. Wow, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yep. So, but like yeah. I said, after, after the bankruptcy, I never planned to have my own business. It was yeah. Well, we were all for, forced to do di- yeah. different things, and um, yeah. And I know it was just so it was a weird time. I was kind of burnt out on everything. I was burnt out on. on the, just the corporate corporate structure, corporate America, well, I, you know. I called all the car companies trying to get a job. Really? And everybody said, well, we don't hire until, you know, January. Yeah. And this was May. And I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? You know, so when when the hot yeah, rod shop January, closed, yeah. I sent all the cars to different hot rod shops. And the employees that were working on those cars, I gave everybody there a slip, a piece of paper, with a hot rod shop name and number and everything. I said, you have a job here and this car will go there. And then what I started doing was just going around to the different shops that the guys went to yeah. finishing those cars. So we got them, we got them done at least. Yeah. But then uh, Ron Whiteside, we were building the 34 for okay. him at the shop. He asked me if I would build his car. So I started working on that at my, in my garage at home. Oh, that's right. And I was just doing drawings in my back room. Yeah. And then uh, you remember Glenn that was the the uh, tow truck driver? Glenn, yeah. He drove that flatbed. Was he? Was he, he was the, into Volkswagens. Was he the? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did he, was like a balder guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he had a, a little shop on uh, Catella in Orange. Yeah, okay. And he told me, you know, I had my chassis for the hemisphere that was done, and I needed a place to park that. And he says, hey, I'll rent you some space in my shop. So I moved in to his shop and just put all my stuff in there. Oh, right and on. then I was working out of my garage at home. And he called, one, called me one day and he says, I'm moving out. And I said, well, where are you going? And he says, I'm just done. I'm, I'm closing everything up. So I said, well, who's the landlord? So I called the landlord and I took over the lease. Oh, right on. So I had it for, I think, one year. Is that, that that's was right over here? Was it right over 1100 here? 1100 West uh, Catella. Okay. You know, right on Catella. Over by the near Salty Batavia. Dog area over there? Yeah, right right between, uh, right by uh, Batavia and, and, uh, and Catella. Maine. Yeah, right oh, on Maine, Catella. Oh, Maine. Okay. Yeah, right, oh, right next cool. to the Ford dealership. So you, that, was, that was in 98? Um, yeah, 98. I moved in there. And you remember Steve Graninger? Yes. He was one of the employees yes. in the hot rod shop. He and I worked in that shop. Oh, right on. And it was so small that 
when we would put everything away at night, we had to take the running boards off of the 34 so we could get the welder in there and get everything <laughs> in the shop and close it up. That's funny, man. And, and then, how, how, uh, So how long did you do that for? I was only in there for a year. And then West Rydell, I was working in Grand Forks on the Grand Master, we called it. Okay. That 35 Chevy. Yeah, yeah. Well, when he was ready to bring it out here, I needed to move. And Mick Jenkins had mixed paint in Huntington Beach. Okay. And there were some guys that had a hot rod shop right next to him. So he rented that space to me. I was redoing the Boyster 2 that I turned it into the 0032. Yeah, yeah. Did it black. Well, Mick painted it, and I assembled it in that room next door to him. Okay. And then I just took over the lease, and that's the building that I, I did own. I just gave that to my ex-wife. But uh, I assembled the 0032 in there. And then when Wes brought the Grandmaster out, that's where we set it. And we started my shop in that one little stall. Oh, right on. So, and, yeah, then, that and would, then we just grew over the years. Yeah, man. That, um, now, fill me in on, like, the, the, the TV show thing. Because I get confused on when some of these shows, things happen. Well, Jesse James so, was at Boyd's. You yeah. Know, we we so, all worked together. Yeah. And Jesse called me one day. He says, hey, he says, I'm, I'm starting this new television show, and I want you to be my co-host on this. And he told me about this thing called Monster Garage. Mo Monster Garage, okay. And that we're going to build. The first build we're going to do is this Mustang, turn it into a lawnmower. The second <laughs> one's going to be a, and you're all, I don't know, Jesse. <laughs> a Ford Explorer that we're going to turn into a trash truck. And he asked me to come to a uh, meeting with some executives from, from Discovery Channel. And I had my portfolio. And when they explained to me what they were going to build, I thought, you know, I'm not really interested in doing this. Because this is what, 2000, basically? It was in 99. 99, okay. 99 or two. Uh, yeah, it probably was 2000. Yeah. Maybe a little later. Yeah, because I think, but, yeah. But yeah, he, uh, you know, I'm trying to build the most beautiful pieces of rolling art that I can yeah, build. Yeah, and you're not one of And yeah. I'm going to go on television and build these monsters. And I thought, yeah. no matter what I do at my shop, television is going to overshadow what i do so i said no yeah and it, did, did jesse already have the did they already do that like uh he did the motorcycle mania the motorcycle mania yeah. one before that and then that rolled so into then monster he was going to start monster garage and he wanted yeah. me to be his co-host and a builder and i turned it down and it was probably the best thing i ever oh had. dude absolutely so <laughs> then discovery came back and said okay we're going to do a show on you but they wanted to do it like motorcycle mania yeah so bud brutzman came in and said I'm going to follow you 24-7 and follow you on your next build and go to the show. And, and I said, well, I was finishing Ron Whiteside's 34. And I said, that's 11 months out. I said, that's not going to work. I said, why don't I call Jay Mays, who is the director of, of design for Ford. I said, let me see if he'll give us a SEMA project, and we'll build that and take it to the SEMA show. And Bud says, what's SEMA? I said, trust <laughs> I mean, me. Bud Brutzman didn't even know yeah. him at that point. Huh? That's funny. I said, trust me, that's the show you want to go to yeah. because everything in the automotive world is there. So we built what I called the Speedbird. Okay. We filmed it. And I did that build in seven weeks, but I lost 27 pounds. Wow. I started, I started working 40 hours straight, and then I'd sleep Whoa. for eight, and I'd work for 40. That's I did crazy. that for six weeks and did the last six days with no sleep. We got the car done. We got it to the show. Man, that's a <laughs> Bud turned in the show to Discovery Channel, and they said, we want this to be a series. And Bud comes back to me and says, what are we doing next? I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you, I, dude, I'll, you'll be dead. <laughs> I, gave, I gave him a list of 25 different shops and the owners and their names. Yeah. I said, call all these guys, see what they're starting next. 
and just send a film crew once a month to their shop. And in 10 months, you're going to have 25 episodes. Yeah. I said, we can never do that here. So now, I, did, I was that 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 SEMA build? Was that did that air? That was the pilot episode of Rides. I don't know if you remember the. So I remember, yeah, because yeah. okay, okay, that was the pilot episode so, of Rides. So then I told Bud, I said, I am interested in doing another series, but let's do something. Now Monster Garage was airing. I said, let's do something similar to Monster Garage, but rather than building something with no value at the end, because they were just building stuff that oh. performed a task. Yeah. Exactly. I said, there are thousands of cars out there with, you know, in people's garages and side yards. And, and the owners have a dream of building them one day, but they don't have the money or the means to do it now. Yeah. Let's take their car, do it, and give it to them as a gift. And then Bud had the idea of stealing it and pranking it. He wrote up a treatment, showed it to Discovery. They ordered seven episodes right off the bat. Oh, that's and that's cool. when Overhaul and just, it was like wildfire. It yeah. just took off. No, it was a cool, it was a cool concept. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it, it was cool. And there's actually uh, at my old house in Whittier. There was, I remember seeing a, a, it was a Chevelle. Did you guys do a black Chevelle? We did. We did several Chevelles. Yeah, yeah, there was a black Chevelle. And I remember going, I tell my other neighbor, I go, God, that, that thing. I just popped up one day, like in the guy's yard. It was all done. And I was like, mm-hmm. where did that guy come from? And he goes, hey, the, you, didn't, you don't watch Overhauling? He goes, yeah, that was on the, the whatever season it was. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, nah, I'm not. Didn't want to watch too much of the TV. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. It's weird, you know, mm-hmm. right in my neighborhood. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I was we did I was, over 170 cars. That's so crazy. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, in the you, beginning, it was crazy because we were doing them in eight days, tearing them down to the basic frame, fixing and straightening the frame, building yeah, all the. So I mean, crazy. it was. I had it down to a system so we could get it done. Now they weren't 100 percent finished when we gave them back to the owner. Yeah. You know, we could, some of them were drivable, some of them weren't, but, you know, afterwards we'd send it through a, a you know, a thorough safety check yeah. before we gave them back to them. So, you know, cause everybody's sleep deprived doing brakes, <laughs> you know, I don't want somebody so driving down the road and having brakes fail. So we would safety check everything before we gave them to them. Yeah. Cause, um, that was, you know, I mean, we're talking, we're talking 20 over 20 years ago. Yeah. Right? Because when did the first episode air? We started filming, well, we started filming Rides in 2002. Okay. And we started filming Overhauling in 2003, but it didn't air. They held on to it for almost 10 or 11 months. Really? And they didn't start airing it until right after Pimp My Ride started airing. But we were filming eight months before Pimp really My Ride Pimp came My out. Ride. Yeah, and I remember when I remember being there with my dad when he got the call that they got the green light to film the pilot that discovered for American for Hot American Rods? Hot Rod. Cool. Yeah, and he was just like, "This is it, Chris. This is it." And I go, but in my head, I'm thinking, you know, okay, TV show because you know, I mean, Monster Garage I think was already going at that point. And I'm thinking, what are they going to have them do? You know, American Chopper was already big, yeah. right? And this is the this was the car version, and I'm like. What are they going to bring Junior in and they're going to argue? And you know what I'm saying? I mean, are they mm-hmm. going to throw wrenches at each other? I don't know what the hell what they're going to do, turn into a circus. And, um, but it, I don't know. I mean, it, I got my, uh, you know, opinion about it. I mean, you know, just like going back at Boyd's, you know, what, what would have been different uh, if it would have never went public kind of thing, yeah. you know, but it, it is what it is. It happened yeah. and we went through it. And you know, I think when I heard your dad was going to have a show, I thought, oh, man, I, I couldn't wait to see it. Yeah. I had a completely different idea of the show that I would do <laughs> for your father. And I was like, holy smokes. I mean, your dad was absolutely the perfect guy 
to do a build show. Yeah. Where it would be, I, I thought, you know, if your dad was going to build a 32, yeah, then he would have started the show saying, well, these are the top 10 32s built in history. And I love oh. this and this and this, and we're going to build this. That's what I thought a show was going to be. Uh, you know what? Something that was pushing the envelope and build. But it was, it was, they had, uh, what do I want to call it? A, uh, it was a soap opera. Reality. Oh, no, it know? was for and sure. It, yeah, it was, it was a soap opera, um, you know, and, but, but that's also like talking about overhauling. You're over here cranking these stuff out in eight weeks for the show, but you still right. had the other stuff you were yeah, building. Yeah, I'm building things that take six years to go compete for a Riddler. Yeah, so the balance you have is, and you had the same problem that my dad has, is like, oh, Chip's building a, a Riddler car? Oh, is it going to be like an overhauling car? You know what I'm saying? So no, they're two total different animals. Totally different things, right? Yeah. Um, um, and that's the thing is too. That's like, why I never filmed in my shop. Okay. Overhauling wasn't. Yeah, we so did just, one episode in my shop. But that's why you just had Overhauling had, had to be own elsewhere. Studio. So I wouldn't interrupt what I was doing at my shop. Yeah. And that was kind of something that, that you know, I, I watched that that stuff go on. And, and, you know, there was people that loved it. They loved the drama part of it. They loved watching the cars get built. But, yeah, I mean, a, a build show would have been cool. But, you know, mm-hmm. you're into the you're that's your life, right? Yeah. You're into you want to see that. And there's people that want to do that. But way more people want to see like the car get built, but also people argue. You know, yeah. or timelines. Well, when we know? filmed Overhauling, we did the first episode. Second episode we ever filmed, we filmed at Robbie Gordon's shop. Okay. And I got over there to start the, you know, the show. And they said, hey, you got some executives upstairs that you need to go upstairs and have a meeting. So I go upstairs and I sit down and they said, is there anybody here on the A-team that you can throw a wrench at? <laughs> and I, and I <laughs> and started half laughing. joking, right? They're like, no, no, no they're, they're serious. serious. And you're and, like. And I said, uh. Well, no, not really, because I don't throw wrenches. Yeah. And they said, well, is there somebody you can fire or get rid of? And I said, well, you know, no, not really. I said, you know. That's so crazy. Yeah. They said, well, this would be great for ratings, you know, if we can do this. And I said, well, let me just put it this way. This could be the last show we ever film, or we could film 500 episodes. I don't know where it's going to end. But when it's done, I want people to know who I am. I'm not an actor. So I'm going to be who I am on the show. Yeah. Because in the end, I want people to know who they're going to deal with if they come to me to build a car. Because I'm still going to be building cars. Yeah, because when this the show, show will it, be done. Yeah, this show could get canceled, and mm-hmm. I'm still, you still got to do what you got to do. I said, if I play a jerk on television, I'm going to kill my own yeah. career yeah. at my shop. And I said, and what I'm doing there means more to me than what we're doing here. Overhauling was cool. You know, a lot of people thought of it as a car show. I always thought of overhauling as a people show. The cars were just catalysts to tell their stories. Yeah, for sure, right? Because that—that's the—that it was a cool concept because it's kind of like I talk to people all the time. I quote wheels people all the time. Man, I got really got to get this thing. How much? How much your wheels going to be? And you, whatever the price you give them. Okay, man, I'll be in touch. I just got a budget, you know. And you—you you may never hear from them, but mm-hmm. you might hear them two years later, and. They're like, man, I'm finally ready, dude. You know, and it, mm-hmm. it's to me, it's like, it's kind of like, okay, now it's on me, right? It's like, this is, imp- it's every set that goes out of here is yeah. imp- important to me because, like, we we take it for granted, like, especially when we go to the street run nationals every year and you'd sell a set of wheels and you see the same people and you go, okay, you know, my dad does this for a living and we could knock a car out in two, three months or whatever if we needed to. Mm-hmm. These people are taking on, you know, at what it costs to build a car and paint a car. Yeah. T- 10 years these people yeah. are big 10 years this is their baby yeah but then exactly. some people fall on hard times 
they can't get it finished or something happens in the yeah, family. Well, they have to sell it. They have to, they have to sell the project or they're not going to sell it. But it's like, dude, it's rotting on the side of your yard. Yeah. Like you're going to be bummed. Like you're going to just be wasting money leaving that on the side of your yard and t- trying to pick it up in five years, you know? So, yeah, yeah. that's cool, man. Um, so it's, yeah, like yeah. I, I, people always say to me, oh, they make your dad look I don't like an asshole or something. I'm like, listen, let me follow you around for three or four weeks and let me edit it down to 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to make yeah. you look however I want you to look. Your dad was the most respected person in the hot rod industry. Yeah. When we were running in, in the late, you know, from the 80s through the late 90s, he was oh, oh he you, was the industry. And you know the what? The pinnacle of it. And there's people that have gone on to do TV shows. And you know who's like a cool dude? I've never met him, but uh, I've talked to his people on the phone. He's bought a few set of wheels. Is like that Danny Danny Coker guy at Count's Custom. And he's like, listen, Chris, I need to sell these wheels for Danny's car. They were buying them, right? They weren't asking for anything for free. And he says, you know what? Danny said he used to go to your dad's shop. Like everybody used to go to the shop. Like when you were there, mm-hmm. I'm Monroe. And go to uh, look how many people would be there when we'd have an unveiling. Oh, there's so many people that were like, that was Mecca, that was Hot Rod Mecca, mm-hmm. and and then you know, you could also look at how many other people were in the area too. Yeah, right. Um, that were building hot rods, so it was it was it was cool. So to hear the people that actually gone on, a lot of people that have gone on just to have small shops and stuff, just go, man, I was a kid going to your dad's shop. Mm-hmm. Just your dad's the reason I got into uh, doing this yeah. stuff. You know, and that's cool, man. He was I mean, my hero. Still is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't, I mean, obviously, you and I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't no. for that dude, you know? No, right. Uh, no. And, and it, it was like. What I never knew was how much, how much it affected my father at how close I had gotten to your dad. Oh, really? You know, yeah. We, I was Were you? lunch, breakfast, <laughs> you know, breakfast, right? lunch, or dinner. At the White House. Sometimes right? all three every day with your dad yeah you know but it was my dad that i did that with you know growing up yeah but when i came to work with your dad you know but your dad was so cool because he always asked me what's your dad working on when's he done with that and then like the you remember the blue 69 mustang that we did for greg yeah for greg before he greg even had a license yeah well that was your dad just saying what's your dad working on oh he's finishing up this car and it's he's probably gonna leave next week what's he got after that uh, nothing right now. Your dad would go, think you'd do that 69 Mustang for Greg? Well, let's call him. We'd call him up. What are you working on? <laughs> and your dad would just send it to him and then yeah. pay him to build something. Yeah. Did that. He did, he chopped the uh, that 51 Merc that we did. Okay. That Boyd's. Yeah. You know, whenever my dad was slow, your dad filled his shop up. Oh, that's cool. You know? Yeah, was man. Really cool of him. Yeah. Remember, your dad gave me my first Rolex watch. Really? And... Well, I had been at the shop for four months. And when I first came to go to work there full time, your dad told me, he says, keep track of your hours and I'll just pay you cash for your overtime because I was a salary. Yeah. And I was in the shop one night and it was, remember Dave Willie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave yeah. and I are in there working on the Roadstar. Okay. And your dad comes in at, in the evening and Dave says to your dad, hey, do you think I can get my overtime cash? And your dad gives him a lecture about how he should, you know, just love what he's doing and it shouldn't be yeah. for the money and this yeah. and that. And, you know, your dad's just, that was your dad. Yeah, yeah. He, he would say something, but it was it was just to, you know, make you think about it. But he'd still, he'd give the money to yeah. it. Yeah. And I remember when he said that to Dave, I thought, I don't ever want to have that conversation with your dad. Yeah. 
because I loved what I was doing. And I went upstairs later that evening where I had been writing down all my overtime hours. Like I said, I'd only been there for four months, but I had over 400 hours of overtime already. And I just wadded that piece of paper up and threw it away. Never said anything. And it was about two weeks later, your dad came in and he handed me a Rolex watch. He says, I want you to have this. And I just thought it was so cool (laughs) that he gave me that watch. That's rad. And he told me a story. And he told me about two guys that went to work for the railroad. And he said, uh, they'd been working for the railroad for about 25 years. And one day the president of the railroad is riding in the caboose in a train that's going down the track. But some guys were working on the track and the train had to stop. So the president gets out of the caboose and he walks up front to see what was going on. And he sees his buddy that he started with the railroad 25 years earlier. And they have a conversation. Hey, great to see you, this and that and whatever. And then, the, you know, they get done with the track and the train's ready to go. And the president gets back into the caboose and the train takes off. And your dad told me, he says, you know the difference between those two men? One went to work for the railroad. The other one went to work for $1.25 an hour. Yeah. And he handed me that watch and he says, you went to work for the railroad. Nice. That's cool, man. Yeah. Never, you, never you, forgot that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, my, my dad's, it, and that's the thing is too, you know, my dad, I mean, when you got to know my dad, I mean, you know, my dad fairly well. A lot of people uh, did. He uh, did so much for me. He, you know, people got to understand that his mentality is here's a, here's a, here's a man that was born on a farm in mm-hmm. Idaho. Uh, you know, he, he suffered some kind of uh we never really figured it out it was like scarlet fever or something when he was he was bedridden like when he was a little baby like yeah. you know for two two years or something like that and that was not really talked about too much but uh he didn't have inside plumbing right i mean mm-hmm. they had uh you know he had to go to an outhouse and stuff so this is a guy that just and then when you can get his hands he started getting his hands on these magazines right and just, i need to move to cali like you know yeah. you know so he was born in 44 so mid late 50s you know he's he's you know, he's like I, I, a kid trades his first his his shotgun for his first you know car. My grandpa makes him un, <laughs> makes him unwind that deal, and then he just kind of uh, says, "I got to get to California. I got That's where the hot rodding is at, right?" So he goes, uh, you know, goes to apprenticeship there, uh, machining, and then he works his way out to California. So he would just I remember him telling me like, going. I go, dad, you know, like any, I'd say something. It was some, something he goes, you know what, Chris? He goes, I never even, he's all, I'm just some boy from Idaho. I never thought this would happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And he knew he, he was, he, he always knew that like, he didn't get there by himself, you know? Right. He got there with guys like you and, knew, and a lot of people, a lot of people. How to put the right people in the right he, place. He really did. And he, how to he, talk to customers. Yeah. And, and, and exactly. And, and, you know, he, he was he was capable of doing all this stuff to a certain point because it was him and and uh, Tom Vogley and Bob Bowder at the in the back garage of my mm-hmm. mom's house doing this stuff and then it got to a point where he's like no he, he liked the he did like talking to the customers and selling these mm-hmm. projects and then it was kind of like I remember when when Tom Taylor would come around and I still have the original two drawings that Tom Taylor me and Greg have those yeah. it's the original it's the Vern Luce coupe cool when it was black and it had a track nose on it. Mm-hmm. And we have that, and it was like uh, another like a, 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 a touring car. So I'm trying to think of which one it is. That one I don't think ever got built. But um, you know, but for him to take 
to say, hey, I want to do this, and right, and, and visualize mm-hmm. it. And then you come in and you're doing the same thing, but to another level, right? You can do a modeling and all this stuff. And it's just like, and then now technology is crazy, right? You can visualize with AI, all this crazy shit. But back then, that was cool, oh, right? He was just like. Computer has changed this industry. Yeah. And, and you know, when my dad, I mean, the lights went off when he was quick, like, like when he's like watching Johnny Anderson, you know, Johnny Anderson first started, there, there is a picture that I, I, I don't know if I posted it. I'm going to post it. I forget what car it was, but it was all the uh, parts that were all anodized purple. And Dwayne's got a picture of all the parts machined and polished and prepped, laid out on the table. That cool. were was probably a year's work or, or more of work yeah. that they did on conventional machines, mm-hmm. right? And then it was all anodized. And then it was just like the CNC machining started to come in, right? And it was then it was Changed just like, it. you know, like, wait a second. And then it started to get more, you could get the... the the cost of entry to that thing, it wasn't just like this big industrial, you know, aerospace thing. It mm-hmm. was like, wait a second, that just changed everything. Yeah. And it's like, wait, we can repeat and then, this? And then Alan Budnick brought in all that technology. Yeah. So my dad brings Alan Budnick out from Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And they start, that. that's when the Boyd's Wheels thing starts to go. And then it's just like, no one had a custom made to order wheel company at that point. No. Right. That was, it was like, no, we have the program. Like we did, we mm-hmm. do it, we program it. And then it's like, yeah, what do you want? You know, we'll do it again mm-hmm. and do it again and do it again. The next thing you know, we're, we're looking at, and I'm grabbing um, for, since this is an audio podcast, it's not very exciting when I talk about this stuff. But I mean, then you, you have, should see this. Yeah, this is <laughs> the coolest shit ever, but you're not going to see it. But then you have a catalog mm-hmm. and you're just like, yeah. no, I need that. And then it moves into the two piece technology and then they start making more rim shells. And it's like, you're covering all, all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then it's like, next thing you know, the repeatability. I mean, before that, if you had Johnny Anderson on a conventional mill mm-hmm. and lathe and you need to set a wheel, it was going to take him six months to do it. I remember the first SEMA show that I worked with your dad at. Um, I didn't know Greg Weld at all. Oh, oh and, you're going to tell I the did, Greg Weld story? I, did, I, didn't oh, that's know, a good one. I didn't know, you know, the battle that was going on between Greg Weld and your father. Yeah. But I had been designing wheels for two and a half years, and, yeah. de- and they were going into production. And for me, it was the coolest thing ever. But then, you know, you'd see weld racing, you know, weld wheels. They were knocking off what we were doing at Boyd's. Oh, a lot of people were, right? Yeah. And so your dad and I are walking in through SEMA, and we're walking in front of the weld booth. And uh, Greg Weld, I don't remember what he yelled at, at your dad. And your dad turned around and said something back to him. He said, uh, let me introduce you to your designer. This is Chip Foose. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, there's another version of that story where, because, you know, they let vendors in uh, or let, let them in like an hour early, right. right? And I remember my dad walking to the booth and he sees Greg Weld with, with a, a pad and paper and a tape measure measuring like the caps and measuring windows on these wheels. And my dad runs up there and goes, what are you doing, you cocksucker? And he goes, you can't call me a cocksucker. He goes, I just did, cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah, my dad kind of got fired up a, a lot uh, about, about different things, you know? You know, I got to um, show you something. I just, what you said just remind me. Ever, ever since hanging around with your dad, yeah, I will find, I still, every bill that I look at, I look at the serial number. Yeah. Oh, we were just we were, we've talked about that a few times. <laughs> Liars poker, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. as as a kid, my dad so, would be like, "Hey," he would tell me my me and Greg, right? He'd tell me, "What do you got? You got so a good always, one in there?" Oh shit! Let me see in. this one. 
Look at all those aces. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you would have, yeah. That's a ringer right there. Five so of them. So whenever Gosh. I find a good one, I always put it in, and that's just because of your dad. I don't ever play with anybody, but. Yeah, but just, just in case. When I run into them. Yeah, I'm gonna beat him. <laughs> right? Oh, dude. It, we had a, at a we we were doing uh, Boyd barbecues. Uh, we did like a memorial barbecue, and this is probably at one of them we had a we had a liar's poker tournament. Sweet. Yeah, that was cool, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, my dad was the pro at that, and you know, all his buddies that play it were pros at it. But it was funny playing with a bunch of people that didn't. Or flipping and, quarters. Oh, yeah. And the other one time we got we got in the car to go somewhere, and he says, "Okay," he says. Uh, Whoever sees a set of Boyd wheels on a car first, it's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, he would love. My dad loved so, gambling, but he also liked doing these uh, contests. So we'd people. be riding. I go, "There's a car," but then he would start saying, "There's a car. There's a car." There's. I go, "Those aren't Boyd wheels." <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> but we get done. This is one of the first times I ever did it with him. We get done and and we come back and we pull into the parking lot at the shop, and uh, he says, "Well, who owes what to who?" And I said, "Well." I'm up on you two grand, but you don't you don't have to give it to me. He says, "No, I'm going to give it to you," but he already had it planned from the day from the moment we got in the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. He Just sold a it. set of wheels to somebody, and they paid him two grand in all single dollar bills. Oh wow! So he opens a glove box and he hands me two thousand singles. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he liked he liked to do that stuff. He liked to play jokes. It was fun, man. It was good times. Yep. Good times back then. Yeah, man. So how's everything going for you now? I have no complaints. I'm, I'm a lucky, blessed man. Yeah, man. You know, I get, cool. I get to you... build hot rods for a living and Dude, draw cars, and That's... I have an amazing girlfriend, and I've got two amazing kids. That's and, awesome, dude. You know, yeah, I'm, man. I mean, I'm here hanging out with you. Yeah, dude, this is cool, about man. Your dad, who was my hero, and yeah, uh, dude, this is it's so cool because it's you know, like I, I love doing these things because it's just I fill in the blanks so much, you know, because so yeah. much time has gone by and it, everyone's got different perspectives and they're the, of what happened and what's going on and and their favorite cars. What, what, so let's talk about that. What's you know? Well, I, I'm gonna say one other thing about your dad. Oh, go for it. You know, he gave me that Rolex watch. Oh yeah, yeah. So then it was about maybe two months later, he comes into my office and he's holding a a stainless and gold with a blue face Rolex, and he hands it to me and he says thought you'd like an upgrade and i looked at it and i said you know what i said this one means so much to me that i don't want to switch because this is the first one and I, I this is pretty i love it yeah but i don't want it i i appreciate the one that you gave me so i handed it back to him he says are you sure i said yeah i'm positive i, I said this this one means that much to me i don't ever want to oh, lose this one and i still have it oh right on and i'll, I'll never get rid of it that's awesome but about Probably three, four weeks later, I go into your dad's office and I said, you still got that stainless and gold watch with the blue face? And he says, oh, you want the upgrade now? And I said, no, no, I, I want to know if you'll want to sell it. He says, sell it? I offered it to you. I said, no, I, I, I don't want it, but I'd be interested in buying it. Why are you going to buy it? I said, because I'd like to give it to my dad for his birthday. And he says, oh. He gets up and he goes over to his that, that safe. The safe, yeah. You know, Ty has that safe. Ty. <coughs> Ty that owns uh, Truck Stop in Orange. Oh, okay. He's got that in his office. Oh, really? Yeah, that big giant safe that was in your dad's office. The black one. Yeah. Really? So he opens that safe and he pulls that watch out and he hands it to me. He says, give it to your dad. Oh, rad. I said, well, if I'm giving it to my dad, it's from you. So he gave it to my dad for his oh, birthday. Oh, that's cool. That's who your dad was. Yeah, man. Uh, my dad was just, 
super generous man he just he he you know what he took care of the people that like took care of him yeah. you know that i mean trust me there, there's we've told stories before like of people just ungrateful just you know people just at the shop just taking shit for granted and you know those people we don't remember those people right you know, just remember when, the bad stories about them. when but. my wife started law school he comes in he says uh what's that law school costing you i said well books and everything it's about 1350 dollars a month he says well i'm gonna give you your first raise he says after taxes i want you to have 1500 take home more wow that was my first raise from your dad wow he covered law school for me yeah you know uh remember do you remember mike steve stevenson i think his last name is remember yeah. the contractor guy yeah. he goes this is after my dad passed and uh Dwayne had uh, Dwayne was doing some stuff for him, and he goes, "You know, Chris, come here." He was. He goes, "You know what? I kept all I kept this stuff a secret." He goes, "But I got to tell you." He goes, "Now that your dad's gone. I want you to know how good a man your dad was." You know, and he says, "Your dad." He goes, "He gave me his first shot. He gave me the first shot." He goes, "Cause I was just some kid trying to just get construction jobs," and he'd be like, "Okay, let's see how you do. Go go build this office," you know, and he goes. That turned into building multiple offices and building the you know his office upstairs and doing all that stuff. And he says, your dad would call me and go, hey, go over to such and such's house, do whatever, do, build a patio. He wants a patio, go do that. And he goes, Chris, if I did that five times, I did it twenty-five times. Mm -hmm. And he goes, your dad always said, just give me the bill. He did my house. It. Did he really? Yeah. That's. Well, you know, we went public when your dad went public. Yeah. And I had quite a bit of stock that was worth a lot of money, and I wanted my wife wanted me to sell it so we could remodel our house so i was asking your dad because he had to sign off on all of my shares that were what do you call it um matured yeah so i could cash them in i wanted to cash in thirty thousand shares and then i was going to remodel the house and your dad kept saying don't sell don't sell don't sell and then after it all collapsed you know i was not at the shop because i used to work 16 20 hours a day seven days a week yeah I was leaving at five o'clock and your dad comes in one day and he says, Hey, I noticed you're leaving at five o'clock every day now. And I said, yeah. And he says, why? And I said, well, you know, I wanted to sell that stock because I wanted to pay to have my, my house remodeled, but now I'm doing it myself. So I'm going home to remodel the house. Yeah. And he says, if I remodel your house, will you stay here and work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah hello yeah i like working on cars much yeah. better than working on my house he completely redid my house for me wow remodeled the whole thing we tore out walls moved things put in yeah. a whole new bathroom and yeah. that's cool man he did the whole thing so i'd stay at work that's cool yeah yeah nah man like yeah I he say, did he, he was, did a, he did a lot for he did a lot I, for I'd me i'd taken a bullet for your dad yeah man yeah me too mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh it's uh yeah, no, it's, I learned a lot from him, you know, I learned, I learned, I lear learned a lot and I'm trying to, you know, also too, like our parents aren't, aren't, they're not all perfect on, a, on every level either, you know, so the way, I mean, I'm never going to be, uh, you know, I, I mean, he, like as far as his health and stuff, like he didn't take care of himself and yeah, I, were, if I could go back, I would definitely, you know, not like I was doing it back then either, but you know, but I, something I've taken more serious in the last few years is I'm mm -hmm. biking and trying to do that yeah. stuff and trying to be more balanced approach to it. But yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the sacrifices. I, I don't work did. nearly as hard as I used yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I, you I know, have an amazing girlfriend at home and I like going home. 
Dude, seriously. Yeah. Hey, uh, and yeah, and, and someone that's just gone through a divorce, I went through a divorce and um, uh, nothing at all bad uh, against my uh, ex at all, but it's amazing when you get someone around you with more positive energy and oh, someone yeah. that's encouraging yeah. you. And it's just like being in a, being in a marriage that's bad, man, it's like, it, it, it just, it's like, it was easier to painful. work than go home. <laughs> right yeah. yeah no it, it it gets painful man but it's like dude the, just having someone around you um oh and speaking of since we're bringing that up my uh my girlfriend's mom is a huge she is a fangirl of you Uh-oh. her name is patty if you can give patty <laughs> Hi, patty. patty a shout out when they i i didn't tell i didn't tell a lot of people that you were going to be on i wanted to kind of keep it a secret you know but I told them, and uh, they were. Oh that was my because gosh. I didn't let you know soon enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw him here on, on yesterday. Monday. We decided to do this yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I go. He's all. Hey, you never got back to me, Mom. I think I did. Look at your phone. Yeah, you did. And he goes, Oh, you did. Hold on, let me respond. And he he, he responded. He's all five o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's cool, man. I mean, um, you know, what you've done for the industry is is awesome. I mean, what my dad's done, you know, and it's like the people that have come out. There's there's some notable names that come out of there, but you stand, uh, you know, uh, yeah, a head and shoulders above most people, man. Yeah. You oh, know, thank you. I mean, you know, even what Jesse James has done, you know, like with yeah, stuff I'm and proud of everybody that came. Yeah, out of right. Workshop. I mean, he's done some cool stuff. I mean, I really appreciate like the gun stuff. Any? Oh yeah. Listen. In today's society, making stuff with your hands, it's like we're not teaching these younger generation to do that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, but I, I would have never believed Jesse would have been as successful as he was <laughs> after working with him at Boyd's. No, and I, because, I you yeah, know, he, he was talented. He, yeah. But he wasn't the Jesse James we know today. No, not a, no, he, no. he took it to another level after he left. Well, and, 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 and yeah, and, he and did. And you have to respect that. Oh, for sure. And I, 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 you know, I talked a lot with Jesse back then and, um, you know, he he had a lot of stories. He was a goof off at boys. He was, he, and, and him, but between him and Simo, oh yeah, know, the, the the dynamic well, duo there. Look what they did with Greg. Oh, what, what, well, which one? Remember Greg? What you know? Oh, oh which Gregory? Wait, which Gregory? Gregory. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and then Chopper. Remember yes. Chopper? Yeah. yeah, dude, all those guys. Yep, but yeah, you know, they they Gregory didn't want to ride the bus home, so Simo and Jesse told him, "Well, just pretend you have a heart attack." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and then because then they figured they he figured that out, and yeah. then what happened was Gregory. Gregory was one of the younger guys that he had Down syndrome, right? And that, uh, that worked there. I have another story about Gregory that's awesome. I'll have to tell you. Oh yeah. Well, Gregory also had a crush on one of the the, the women. That was Helen. Well, no. Uh, uh, well, yeah. There's that Helen situation, but then he had a crush on one of the the women that were doing the stitching. Oh, okay. And he faked. He did that heart attack thing a couple times, and I think oh, did he? Fred did it too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so Fred he, used to always want his watch reset to eleven twenty-three. <laughs> he, he he carried the instructions, and in the instructions it said eleven twenty-three, and he would hand me his watch all the time and say, "Can you set my watch?" Oh, that's so funny. And so I would set it to the proper time and hand it back to him. And he goes, "No, no, 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 no," and then he hand it back, and then he'd show me the instructions. But then I realized, okay, he wants it to say eleven twenty three. Oh, like the instructions. So I say it, set it to eleven twenty three, and then he was happy. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so, what's your Gregory story? Oh, he was in the hot rod shop, and Helen, you remember Helen? Yes. Well, I'm walking from one side of the hot rod shop into the machine room. Okay. And Dick Brogdon's coming from the other door, 
and we both happened to walk in at the same time and Gregory is in the corner with Helen and they're making out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Dick <laughs> just screams out, What are you two doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> and Greg turns around and he's you know, he always wore those shorts. Oh yeah. And he had this extreme st- Stiffy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Is that what he... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then he goes into pretending he's doing Dude, karate, karate chops. Karate kicks. Yeah, I remember that. Dude, he to was going into... In, in, <laughs> oh, no, He's dude. going... <laughs> yeah, because he used to do, like, these karate moves, right? And then... Oh, dude. Uh, oh. But uh, another so, story is, you know, when they first came in and started working for us, your dad used to have those luncheons every month. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the luncheon... He always had some envelopes with some money, and everybody's name was in a hat. Yeah, yeah. And there was, you know, T-shirts and hats that he would give away, and then, and then some cash in the envelopes. Well, Greg, he he got a hat, and so at the end of, you know, he won the hat, and then it's probably half an hour later after the lunch break, I'm in the hot rod shop and I'm working, and I turn and I look into the break room, and Greg's sitting at the table in the break room, and he's sitting down and he's got, he's got that hat right in front of him. And he sets that hat down and he, he looks at it for a minute. And then he looks up and he does these two handshakes, like <laughs> looking up at God, like, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I dude. just thought, that's so cool. So I walk in there and I say, hey, Greg, what's going on? And he says, I'm 34 years old. I've got a great job and I've made it. That's awesome. And you, you know what? Hey, my dad, uh, my dad loved having those guys around. You know, just, he, he, you know, he loved because they were he goes, Chris, he goes, you know what? He goes, if I'm ever having a rough day, I get in an argument with somebody. He goes, I go down and I talk to Fred or I talk to Gregory, especially Gregory. Mm-hmm. He was always upbeat. Right. Oh, yeah. He was always just. Uh, and he goes, you know what? <laughs> he, he goes, they this they love life. Oh, yeah. And he goes, they are just happy. And, and he just was like on some level. My dad was just like trying to maybe like capture that for himself like how do like you know i think we just we 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 fill our world with a bunch of shit sometimes you know just a bunch of material stuff and giving that kid that hat you know he's 34 years old but he's got the mentality of like a six-year-old right but he's just we used to have the lunch trucks that would come into the shop yeah you know the 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 roach coaches roach coach it would come in and i'm in my office drawing one day and greg's in there and he's dusting the drawings that were on the wall and you hear the the horn go from the roach coach in the in the parking lot and I turned to Greg. I said, you going to get something to eat? And he looks at me. And he says, he shakes his head kind of no. And I said, the lunch truck is here. You, you, can, you can buy some food on it. And he pulls his two pockets from his shorts out. They're empty. <laughs> I said, well, come on. I'll, I'll get you something. So we go down there, and I bought him whatever it was I got him. A, yeah. You know, some a donut and, and a milk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's happy as can be. Yeah. And the next day, I'm, I'm in the office, and. You hear the the roach coach come in, the horn honk. Oh, here comes And then Greg. I'm upstairs, and you just hear this pitter-patter of the feet. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> and Greg runs into my office and then pulls his pockets out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. then it was it was that way every day for the longest time. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, come on. I'll get you something to eat. That's so cool, man. <laughs> yeah, those were good times, man, mm-hmm. having, those, having those guys around. You know, because we, we did work. So there were some knuckleheads we worked with that you go, what? Yeah. But man, it's fun days. That was cool, man. So let me ask. I'm sure people are going to want to. What was your favorite? What was your favorite car that you saw come out of the hot rod shop during the time you were there? I would say probably 
the Boydster and um, you know the Smoothster was yeah. a really cool car. That was a Larry Erickson design. Yeah, and I I got to finish it with everybody in the shop, but everything I did I ran through you know Larry. That was Larry's design. Yeah, but that car really inspired me. If if you know what the impression is, yes, Ken Reister's car. Yes, while we were finishing the Smoothster the impression is what I was picturing it could be. Oh, nice. And so it's probably the car that most inspired me to do something different. And so when I got to build, because Ken Reister just said, I want to build something like the Smooster. And I said, I got it. There you go. And and I you did you've a already sketches and, and showed it to him. Yeah. He goes, yeah, let's build it. Yeah, because you know, like in a creative mind like yourself, you're always thinking, right, of different ways to do things or mm -hmm. what if we did this, you know? I just wanted and, to add that European elegance yeah, to it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and you know, I want to say that my brother Greg has the original napkin drawing that I think that you drew at Street Rod Nationals of the original Boydster. Okay. Is that? Well, the original drawing that I did of the Boydster, okay. I did for a t-shirt before I ever worked for your dad. Really? It was uh, San, Luis Obispo, uh, San Luis Obispo Roadster Roundup. Okay. I did a drawing of that car on that t-shirt. And then I showed it to your dad, but I had started building a little 32 pedal car up in Santa Barbara okay. to that scale. And then I came into the shop one day and, or I was in the shop one day, but Purple Pete came in and he dropped off this fiberglass 32 body. I said, what's that for? And he says, that's Boyd's. And then your dad came in later that night. I said, what is this? And he says, I'm just going to build a shop car. And he says, Larry's building the chassis for it right now. And I said, you know, we had just done uh, Frank Curry's Roadster that we we built it with Marcel's custom metal. Okay. We lengthened the doors two inches and did a couple things to it. They only charged us 12 grand to build that body. Wow. And I said to your dad, I said, why are we going to spend all the time on that glass car when I can design something that's a little sleeker? And I'll bring, a, I'll bring a body in and show you tomorrow. So I brought in that pedal car the next oh, day and wow. showed it to him. I said, let's have Marcel's build this. They only charged us twelve grand to build Frank Curry's car. Why don't we do the same thing? But, you know, change it up. And I had smoothed things out and whatnot. He says, he turns around, grabs the phone. And <laughs> he says, what's Marcel's number? I told him the number. He called him up and said, can you build another 32 for me? Yep. That's right. So then I went out there with that chassis and built the buck off of that fiberglass car and that's where the Boydster came from. Oh, wow. That's cool. But I always thought, you know, we're building that's... all these roadsters, but you know, customs were always sectioned and, you know, smoothed out. And yeah, I just wanted to do the same thing with a roadster. Yeah. That's cool. Cause I remember the, the, the 32, that was the aluminum 32 that, um, did, did Craig Naff built. Right, it, it kind of had a humpback on it, like behind yeah, the seats. It, it was, and my dad never liked that car. That was like, I mean, it got I, nicknamed the Iron because it was just flat sided. Yeah, and it was, it was kind of. I don't ever really remember my dad ever not mm. liking a car that he built, but I was like one of his ones. Eh, forget about it because well, I remember all the subtleties. Right. Yeah. Of the early Fords, you know, the bodies would roll in the side. Okay. And then the reflections would dance up and down and you have to understand form to get that. Yeah. And if 
and if you don't know where those you know the, your shoulders in the car is the widest point of the car when you're sitting in the car that's the yeah, wide point okay. of the car and everything needs to start tapering from there yeah and you have to design it around that Bec- and then your grill shell wants to be straight up and down in the front even if it's a 33 34 that's laid back your lines are parallel and from the grill shell they need to widen out and go all the way back ah, to that shoulder point your frame rail doesn't widen at the same rate it gets wider at the top so your body is rolling out and what it's doing then is because that body's rolling down you're picking up all the reflections Reflection from coming the up so yeah. right at the grill they'll drop off okay and at the shoulder point they start to drop off at the rear wheel and it's ah. that's just because of the lean and you think about it when you're looking at a car it's like shooting pool when you shoot a the the ball if you're going to hit the ball to the what do you want to call it the bumper on the side yeah it's gonna it's gonna dance well that same movement is just like when you look at that car and it's a painted surface the direction that you're looking with your eyeball is reflecting off of it and whatever's reflecting off that's what you're seeing in the car yeah I so get, when you're okay. designing you have to think about what's going to reflect into that body side and that's that's how i design yeah interesting and that very first 32 was just flat-sided so nothing and that's why it looks so heavy ah okay because it doesn't have reflections dancing around it it's just just flat yeah interesting just by tipping that body surface you can make something look heavier or light yeah i mean that's that's interesting yeah i mean um is another one larry erickson designed that beautiful section through the side of that car that is the reflection of it and everything at that point starts to lean in at the top, so it's picking up all the sky surfaces. Okay. If you're looking straight at the side of that car at about window level, there's a beautiful kind of an oval shape through that body, and everything above that line is sky. Everything below it is reflecting, you know, earth tones. It's the ground. Wow. And that's, that's why that car works so well. That's rad. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. Yeah, that's cool, you know. Yeah, that's that's, that's uh, but that's you. That's why you're. That's why you're Chip Foose, and I'm I'm me. You know. I mean, it's the same thing with wheels. Now, no, for sure. You know, it used to be when when I first went to work with your dad, it was graphics in a circle. That's what we were designing. Right, very two D, very just just open windows cut and out. Symmetron brought in three dimensional wheels. You know, we we started cutting. We were doing graphics but changing it and with little john remember the five spokes that we did and then we did the uh the boydster the first the one thir- we did three those spokes. wheels yeah and we it was like cut the inside and the outside and yeah it, yeah it, that, i was having so much fun with little john oh but yeah yeah originally i did the sketch of the five spoke and we did those ball mills going all the way around and then bobby alloway got those wheels okay yeah they burn up in the fire but oh really those were one of my favorite wheels that, yeah all it, those ball mill look like an american torque thrust all the all the cuts yeah it looks like i mean nowadays you would look at that and go oh they didn't finish it's just they didn't finish machining <laughs> that's, it that's the rough cut <laughs> yeah right well you know i it came i've come across like what you're talking about i've come across with wheels like you know because the most popular thing with wheels in the last probably 10 12 years has been the the two-tone finishes right, right. a lot of the cerakote the the matte finish with mm-hmm. the, the shiny polished parts or brush parts but there's certain designs that we do and i had a customer in time call me and goes hey man i'm just got this the colors looking a little weird on my wheel and it's just the way you don't 
you don't think about it, right? But a certain finish, it'll reflect a certain way on a spoke at a certain offset. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then that's when it, what I'm talking about. Those, yeah. Those surfaces now. And, and you don't think about it because, well, and then that's what got me thinking too on some designs. Like when if wheels were painted back in the 90s, it was an afterthought, right? We weren't, design, we weren't really designing things. Because nobody could afford chrome. They painted it. Yeah. But it was like an after, it was, it was yeah. like part of the design. It was like polish was really popular. Yes. But now it's like with the Cerakote uh, finishes and the custom paint finishes, you're, 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 when you design it, you're designing it for that finish, yeah. right? Instead of just being an afterthought, like, oh, let's just paint this purple, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So, but yeah, you don't think about like what reflects off yeah. of the wheel because it, it, it'll make, you know, like anything that meets the rim shell is going to look twice as big on a polished yeah, rim if shell. It, if it's a deep lip and you've got a polished lip, you got to think about what, what's that spoke yeah. look like reflecting yeah and if you don't have a nice fit it's gonna be like this gap and it's gonna look like crap <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. but yeah i i have fun i like working with mike you know mm-hmm. um i mean i come up with stuff on my own only because i've been doing it so long and i'm going yeah let's just mash these two things up and you know guys like like mike they'll, like you know i've been working with him forever so it's easy for us to come up with new stuff, yeah. you know. But then you, I'm sure sometimes it's like some of the stuff that I don't know. I can tell when a wheel is going to sell, but then there's times where I go, "This is going to be it. This is yeah. the shit right here," and it don't sell. Yeah, you know. And you go, well, "Did we not promote it right? Did it not get on the right car?" <laughs> you know. But well, you remember the uh, Tupac wheel? Oh yeah. Well, that was originally. I designed that wheel for Gary Metter's, uh 57 Lincoln Continental that my dad okay. built. Okay. Okay. So I did that wheel and uh the Tupac wheel. I call it the Tupac, but it was the roulette. Yeah, the, okay. But, but I originally designed it and I showed it to your dad. He hated it. <laughs> but then it went on Gary's car and Gary promoted his car in the Good Guys Gazette and then everybody kept calling, uh, "I want this wheel." So we ended up going into production with it. Yeah. But then when Tupac was shot Oh his, yeah, no. His our car phones, was all over the news, dude. Our phones oh, were blown up because I mean, it's like it was like the uh, unfortunate incident that turned into this like perfect marketing thing, right? Because every you know, because back then it was like the one footage from one news station went on to across all of them, right? And yeah. All they did was the car was at the intersection and they zoom in on the on cap the and it says Boyd's. <laughs> back then you didn't have the internet, right? But then people were probably going, oh yeah, Boyd's. And it's like, dude, the phone's I ringing off the Tupac hook. wheel. Yeah, they didn't even know what it was. They go, I want the Tupac wheel. I want the Tupac. Nowhere. A set of those, uh, um, a set of those popped up locally. Someone's like, hey, do you want original set of 17 inch, uh, the Tupac wheels with the boy? I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if they're cheap then enough. Then it became the Tupac wheel. That's what everybody called it. The wow. Tupac wheel. They still call it that. Called the roulette the, before that. The roulette. And then uh, we brought it back. I know a few people have it now, but I forget what we called it. The groove or something like that. Mm. But yeah, polishing, polishing nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, that's fun, man. Well, Chip, I mean. I want to thank you, man, for... My pleasure. Dude, this yeah. has been great. No, yep. thank you. I feel like there's like... You, I know what's going to happen. We're going to have a bunch more stories. No, that, well, that's got, the thing you, I was going to say is because we waited a long time to have you. Maybe in a few months. Maybe. Well, he didn't ask me before. <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> well, that's his fault. But, but you got to give your mom my best because yeah, I love your mom. Her Jeez. and Greg were on... Uh, we had them on, uh, what, two, two weeks episodes. ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell a quick story. We yeah. went to England for the street rod yes. nationals and, and I got sick while I was over there. And I told your mom, I said, I want, I want a pizza. 
And she says, well, in Rome, you eat like the Romans. And I said, well, if I was in Rome, I'd be eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And I, John I, and Caroline took me to a pizza hut in England, and I had pizza. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? Uh, they had a pizza hut, and what's the other one? Zabaro. Zabaro? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that got me and Greg through yeah. a couple English Your, your mom only wanted us to eat in, what was it? Um, I don't Fish and chips. Fish and, and chips. Stuff. Oh, we were only man. going to these English pubs. The pubs. And, and oh, a, yeah. I, my mom was all about the authentic like, experience. And pizza's my favorite. So I told your mom, I said, I need a pizza. Oh, no, no. You can't have pizza. When in Rome, you eat it as the Romans do. We're in England. <laughs> if we were in Rome, we'd be yeah, eating we'd pizza. Yeah, we eat pizza and probably really good pizza. Back yeah, no. And I came across pictures. I think uh, I'll, I'll get those to you. I came across pictures of that trip. Cool. Uh, yeah, awesome. that was cool. They're going to be With out Bob here. Bob and Ruth Schoenhoven. Yeah, Bob and Ruth. Yeah. Uh, it was and, and John and Caroline. They're coming out next week. Yeah, yeah, they'll yep. be out. They mm-hmm. every year they come out for the yep. Good Guy Show and Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nah, man, that was it's good, fun. man. Those were those. Well, thanks were, for having the, me on, dude. This has been this has been great, man. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah. It was great to Wanna play liars poker. Yeah, let's do I it. got five aces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Hold on. I should have had Steve going through bills while we were while we were talking. Hey, pull out the good ones. Yeah. You know. No. Well, I was going to say is that maybe in a few months or so we can uh, have you on yeah. again because I'm sure you're going to go home think of more stories that you. Oh, there's no more stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, none we can tell. No, but that's cool. I mean, it's totally cool. I, like, I yeah. mean, it's just you know my brain. Would, I mean. You're throwing things at me like the the Boyster stuff, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, and I'm, I'm trying to I'm digest. Gonna, so I'm gonna have to go back and listen I'm to the podcast. Add one more story is, yeah. w- One day I'm in your dad's office, and he says, "You ever Indian wrestle?" I said, "Indian wrestle." <laughs> I said, "Where you where you flip your legs up?" He goes, "Yeah," and then you try to flip the other person over. I said, "Yeah," when I was a kid. He says, "Let's do it." <laughs> Come on, did you guys do it? <laughs> I swear. So we lay down in your dad's office, and he counts to three. You, go, you know, you lift your legs. Yeah. And I flipped your dad over. Yeah. And I said, you want, you want to do two out of three? Nope. Okay. He says, I got to go. So I didn't think anything. And the next day I come in early and I see your dad and he's walking like his, I mean, he's all hunched <laughs> over and he's, he's kind of like, he's almost crawling in. And I, and I see him, I go, what's, what's wrong with you? He says, you know, the way your dad would, you yeah. know, paint these beautiful vocabulary. Oh, yeah, yeah. He cussed me out and swore me. He says, it's from when we Indian wrestled last night. <laughs> that's that's so funny, dude. That's oh, awesome. man. Yeah, I've never heard that one. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That was probably the last time he I ever did. I didn't think that I heard him at all because he didn't say anything. He goes, well, I got to go home and this is that. But the next day, he's, oh, dude, that's oh, so he was hurting. Dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Indian. <laughs> Mm. Well, man, yeah, good memories, man. Good yep. memories, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for walking down uh, memory lane, man. It's, My pleasure. Like it's, it's just—I mean, these are so cool. It's just cool to have you because it's just like, you know, it's like when you're immersed in it, and then you don't really get to like. I get to. You know, I appreciate a lot after my dad passed, man. You all you're doing is thinking about your dad, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, your dad's passed, and just all you're doing is thinking about yeah. all the good times and just thinking about it. And then it's like people are coming up to you, and then when so much time goes by, and then you know, I'm kind of just doing what I'm doing here, and you know, because of him, right? Yeah. And then it's like the podcast was a way for me to kind of dive back into that you know and just kind of like because every story that i had in my head it could have been wrong right Mm -hmm. like some of the stuff i might have been a little misguided or what and you know just hearing there's a lot of untruths out there 
Oh, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. But also the way, you know, the way I remember things may not have been the way it went down, right? Or or I might have missed some details and, and some cool stories, you know? Um, but, man, there was a lot of, lot, lot of stuff that came out of that shop. A lot, a lot know, of ab- magic, After man. the bankruptcy, I got phone calls after phone calls after phone calls of people wanting, asking me, well, what oh. really happened? What happened? I said, oh, yeah. look, if you want a story from me about Boyd's, I'm going to tell you about all the cool people that I worked with, an ultimate boss, and how much fun we had building really cool cars for really cool people. Yeah. I said, the rest of it oh, yeah. is not of any interest. Trust me, man. And, and, and you know, uh, my dad will get wrapped up in that and stuff. But then he just kind of buckled down. I mean, you know, I watched him... Uh, I watched him rebuild himself, you know, in 98, 99. And, and mm-hmm. he, you know, I was kind of burnt out on it. I went and did my own thing. Uh, I took six months off. I started playing music and, and uh, I got into, you know, I got, uh, I went to the phone company of all things. Cause yeah. he, cause he was, I, I needed to get a job, right? I, I didn't go to a single car show for over a year. Yeah. No, I was burnt out, man. I didn't want to, I didn't want I, to talk I about just, hot rods. I didn't, I didn't want, to want talk people about, asking me about it. Yeah, no, it was a bad time. And, um, and I, but I remember I, I got to a point where I was like, hey, dad, I got I want to come back to work for you. He's like, I'll let you know when we're ready to bring you on, you know, because okay. I didn't want to be you know, I wanted to be useful. And I wanted mm-hmm. I you know, I knew he was trying to put different pieces back together. Yeah. Right. And uh, I mean, he was he was inspiring. During, those are challenging times for yep. sure. But he was in, inspiring because I'm like, man, my dad, my dad went from Idaho farm, you know, to to behind his garage building a MBR car to Wall Street and then down to nothing and then building it back up again, you know? And it was, it was, it was, you know, and, and ultimately he kind of just, you know, I think it it got, it it got the best of him too, man. And he, he, you know, that's why, dude, you're only, you're only three years away, three years away from when he, yeah. The age he was when he passed. Trust me, I think about that all the time. Yeah, man, and and, and I'm I'm 13 years here's, away. Here's where I started thinking I'm I'm getting old, is when I realized I'm older than my dad was when I got married. You're you're older than your dad was when I got married. Oh wow, my yeah. dad was 58 when I got married. Wow, which was in 1992. Wow, and I came to work in '93 at your dad's. Yeah, you. Um, so, that's crazy, man. But you know yeah. what I mean. You know, take care of yourself, and uh, dude, you got a long, you got a long ways to go. I want to enjoy life. You got a lot, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got the talent, I got dude. A lot of cars I want to build. You got a lot, <laughs> yeah. You got you got the talent, man. The skills, and 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 you've seen all the mistakes be made, right? From you know hey, other we, people, and we still make mistakes. We still do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're not perfect, man. But yeah, man. Well, I'm proud of what you've done, man. And Thank you. you know, and and well, uh, right you know, back at you. Yeah, thanks, man. It's like I'm. You know, it's uh, it's cool. It's cool to just talk to people that were really uh, integral part of just my dad's legacy. Really, you know, it's. Just, I'll tell you a lot more stories, but not on the mic. Yeah, we gotta. <laughs> we're gonna have Steve cut the mics. <laughs> well, we've told yeah. quite a few before we recorded, and you know, yeah, yeah some man. fun days though. Yeah, dude. You know what's what's amazing to me is I worked with your dad for eight years. And I've had my own shop now since 1998. Yeah. But it feels like I was, like my career lasted longer with your dad than it has. Yeah. You know, 
You know, it, it's it's put it in perspective. It's the same thing. Like my dad's being gone. I mean, if you if you really add it, if you really add up how long I worked with my dad, like mm-hmm. on a professional level. I mean, I was working in high school there, right? So let's say I was starting to work in 1990. He passed away in 2008. That's 18 years. Mm-hmm. He's been gone for 15. Yeah. You know. So. But it still feels like I worked with your dad longer than I've been working on my own. And I've oh, been no, working for, on my own four times. Yeah, and, 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 um, but we did so many cars. We you guys did a lot. I mean, there was a lot of people. I mean, some of the stuff that was done in the time frames that it was done in, there's people taking three, four, five years to do that, that kind of level now, you know? We were working around the clock. I, I, like I said, 16, 20 hours a day for me. But it was, yeah. it was heaven for me. My wife was going to law school. She was busy till 3 a.m. every morning. And yeah, it so, was perfect so scenario, I could, right? I could just work. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and, and you know what? Um, Remember we had the earthquake in 98 or in... The uh, North... It was in the North... Yeah, 90, 94. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had the unveiling of the Roadstar that day. Oh, really? The night before the earthquake. Was that at Monroe? <clears throat> that was... No, no, it was, no, no. It no. Was, no, that was at the Ashdale. Ashdale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the new shop. So, but we had hung this giant light over the car where we had the unveiling. Oh. And then that night we had the earthquake and I jumped in the truck and I was at the <laughs> shop like 15 oh. minutes after the earthquake. Cause I, I had this mental picture that that light just fell on the car oh. and we got to leave in two days for the grand national roadster show. That's so I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, did that light fall? So I hauled booty down to the shop. Oh man. And it's like, I think the earthquake happened at around just before 5 a.m. So I got to the shop at like a quarter after five and I'm in there checking everything out. I checked out the whole shop and uh, then your dad walked in oh, wow. about 10 minutes after I was there. But nothing happened? He says, everything all right? I said, yep, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. But, no, yeah. That's cool. Oh, man. Awesome. dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is cool, man. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for, for I'm hungry. Out. I'm going to go get something to eat. Right but, on, uh, man. Once again, you're listening to Hot Rods by Boyd. Or what do you call it all? HRBB Podcast. HRBB Podcast. Hot Rods by Boyd Hot Podcast. Rods by Boyd. Yeah. Yep. I still have, I think it was Tom Taylor's original logo. Nice. That he did. It was in the you, flat files. Yeah. You know what? I had him re- when uh, we started to reproduce Here those we go. shirts. We're going down the good. rabbit hole again. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I had him uh, uh, clean it up for me with the artwork when yeah. we, we did the t-shirts. Cool. That was that was a few, that was after my dad passed away. But yeah, we'll try to get Tom here. Yeah. Cool. We'll see. We'll get him to tell his side of all the stories. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Again, right, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, Chip. Thank you very much. My all pleasure. Right, all right. Well, guys, thank you guys for listening. On behalf of uh, Chris Coddington and, of course, Chip Foose, I'm Steve Guerrero, co-host of the HRBB Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Till next time, we will see you. See you.